Welcome to the Disney at Work podcast, bringing magical ideas to improve your world from the happiest place on earth. Your host is J. Jeff Kober, author, speaker, and consultant to organizations around the globe that look to bring best of Disney ideas to their workplace. Hi, this is Jeff Kober. And we welcome you to this Disney at Work podcast. Disney has four keys for creating happiness with its guests. One of those keys is courtesy. We'll take a look at how Disney creates a courteous guest experience and what it means to you and your organization. Be sure that in addition to our podcast, you check out our extended notes page, which includes many of the points we cover, plus photos and more. It's a perfect complement to this podcast. You may also want to refer to our first and fairly recent podcast or post on the four keys, which was on safety. And look for future episodes where we focus on show and efficiency. These concepts are taught from day one at Disney Traditions, the Disney orientation, and are applied daily across Disney property. So let's talk about courtesy. What, what is courtesy? There are many synonyms to the word courtesy. Kindness, caring, sincerity, polite, civil, respectful, cordial, friendly. Oftentimes we'll meet with organizations and we'll work with them to identify their own standards. And it doesn't have to be courteous, but many times organizations will choose a word similar to courtesy to ensure a great guest experience um, in their own organization. But here's the challenge to courtesy. Many cast members, and for that matter, uh, many people today, no matter what organization, really do not have a strong skill set around being courteous. It's not intuitive enough. It's not part of their natural effort and um, inclination. They aren't mean or discourteous. They just are somewhat ambivalent in their service. Many don't know how they come across. And as a result, many lose opportunities simply because they don't use a smile and some simple courtesies like please or thank you. Now that said, courtesy is actually much more than just a smile and some simple courtesies. Let's look at some important aspects of courtesy and let's see how they apply and align to your organization. I think uh, a great place to start with is really the foundation of how courtesy has been part, has been a hallmark of Disney. Uh, Disney parks have had a long tradition of being a place that was friendly and courteous. An example of this is a guest letter that Disneyland used for many years as a training tool. The author, uh, Mr. Uh, Schuch, supervised American Airlines ticket agencies back in the 1950s, and uh, he wrote a letter to inspire his own employees. This letter is American Airlines Incorporated, December 6, 1957. So keep in mind, if you're not familiar with Disneyland history, there's no Pirates of the Caribbean, Small World, Haunted Mansion, not even a Matterhorn, a monorail, or a submarine ride. This is very early days of Disneyland. And 
so there aren't a whole lot of fantastic uh, thrill ride attractions or e-ticket experiences. This is what this individual sees from their experience of bringing their family to Disneyland. It's uh, sent to all terminal service personnel from the superintendent of terminal service at LAX. And the subject is customer service. This is a traditional um, memo that was written back in the 1950s. He writes the following, quote, I recently broke down and finally agreed to take my family on an outing to Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom, Disneyland. Many of you have already been there and no doubt have made the same observations that I'm going to talk about. But I thought some of you might be interested in the marvelous reaction that my family received from this visit. My two daughters, ages three and five, made a beeline for Fantasyland and surprised me by heading for the cheapest ride in the park, a 10 cent whirl on King Arthur's carousel. We noticed that every attendant was in immaculate uniform. They took charge of our kitties at the entrance, placed them on their horses, strapped them on, and gave them a big reassuring smile. After they rode in circles for several minutes, the same attendants gave them another big smile, helped them down, and gave each one a little pat on the back as they left. My oldest daughter made this comment, quote, I don't want to ride on the merry-go-round at Redondo Beach anymore, Daddy, because the man there isn't as nice as that man. End of quote. Here is service having an impact on a five-year-old, but Walt Disney's standards are high and 10 cents is still a piece of revenue. The next thing that caught the children's eye was the canal boat ride through Storybook Land, and they insisted that Mom and Dad joined them. Wow. $1.20 for seven minutes, but it was worth it. A fantastic ride that enabled you to relive your youth. What impressed me most? When we disembarked from the canal boat, the lady attendant, and I repeat, lady, assisted my children and my wife to dry land. She didn't stop there, however, because all of a sudden I felt that she had hold of my left arm and was assisting me to the wharf. What service, I thought. This and this alone was worth $1.20. We spent seven hours in this magic fairyland, and at every turn, we noticed the same immaculate uniforms and the same outstanding courtesy being shown to every one of Walt Disney's guests. He then goes on to talk about the cleanliness of the park, and then concludes, quote, all this might sound corny, and it might also convey the thought I have a sideline job as Disney's public relations representative. This, of course, is not true. His Magic Kingdom impressed us so much that I could not help comparing his operation with that of American Airlines. His standards of service must be extremely high. He must screen and rescreen every employee that applies for a job. There must be a constant inspection activity going on. Otherwise, his domain would not present such an appearance or his employees would not offer such outstanding service. We were impressed not with, not just with the fantasy, the splashes of vivid color, or the immensity of the operation. No, this didn't impress us half as much as the things that are outlined above. End of quote. Well, <laughs> definitely 
it costs more than about 10 cents <laughs> to go on the carousel. Um, and times have changed a lot. Service today is defined maybe a little differently than Mr. Schutz described it back in 1957. But, but really, the foundations are important. Whether it's maintaining a great product or offering attentive service or just simply offering a smile. Those things don't go away. That's the experience Walt wanted to create. They are the foundations that make any Disney park, cruise line, adventures, by whatever it may be, they're the foundations that make those experiences succeed. Indeed, if you really think about it, they are the matters that make any organization succeed. Now, foundational to creating for this it, to being more courteous is speaking in a language that is just that, courteous. Words do matter, and uh, Disney focuses on courtesy by emphasizing languaging, such as the following. First, Disney teaches you on day one that we do not refer to them as customers. They are referred to as guests. And if you really take that apart and think about it, how do you treat a guest that comes into your home? You have a guest that you've invited over uh, for dinner. What do you do to prepare for that guest? You know, you don't just, uh, you know, wait for the door to knock for people to come in and then you do something about it. You prepare in advance. You get the house cleaned up. You, you went grocery shopping to um, gather some food and to, you did some preparation in the kitchen to make it. And then when they arrived, you made sure that you looked your best and, and you invited them in and welcomed them in and made them feel special, made them feel glad that they came over to your house. That is guest service, not customer service. And that's the distinction that Disney is trying to look for. They are trying to create a guest experience. Now, with that, if we're going to talk refer to them as guests, then we're not going to talk about it as customer service. We're going to talk about it as guest service. I call my book the, uh, the Wonderful World of Customer Service at Disney, but I do that so that people understand that this is a book on customer service because that's how it's understood out there. But in reality, it's guest service. That's what it is, and that's how you should refer to it. You don't handle customer concerns you handle guest concerns. A customer concern is actually looked at differently than a guest concern is. You put more priority, you put more attention, you put more emphasis on a guest concern than you do with a customer concern. A customer concern seems like something that's just, you know, put it in the pile, put it, take a number. And that can't happen with guest service. People can't feel like they are a number when you are providing great guest experiences. Now, additionally, there's some really just subtle things, but Disney doesn't refer to people as being handicapped. They refer to guests with special needs. They don't refer to somebody as being blind, for instance. They refer to a guest with visual impairment. And they don't talk about, hey, that person over there in the wheelchair. No, they talk about them as a guest with mobility impairments. So not just is it that we use phrases like special needs, visual impairments, mobility impairments, which may seem politically correct to some people. Uh, it's just a person in a wheelchair. 
The emphasis is not on those words, although that is important. The emphasis is that we always refer to them as not somebody in a in a wheelchair or even someone with a mobile impairment, but rather they are a guest with special needs or a guest with mobility impairments. That kind of languaging is just the start of building out a great guest experience. Now, like Safety Show and Efficiency, Disney, a number of years ago, drilled down on what the behaviors were that exemplified courtesy. I found the same experience even before Disney did this, as I met with organizations and we defined what their standards are. And, and they shouldn't, uh, the flag I have is when an organization says, oh yeah, let's just take Disney's and we'll make it safety, courtesy, show efficiency. No, you need to adapt the idea, not adopt their words. You need to find out what your guest needs. And so maybe it is something like courtesy, but maybe it's saying something more like caring, or maybe it's something like being cordial or being respectful. Civil is one we use with uh, government organizations. Any rate, the idea is, is that when I've worked with these organizations, they needed to take those phrases, those keywords like safety, courtesy, show efficiency, and they needed to drill it down into behaviors. Behaviors that you can clearly demonstrate, that you can clearly see in action, and that becomes really important. So Disney has done the same thing, and these are the behaviors. So let's step through those. They are largely three, and then they break down. Um, those three are, I project a positive image and energy, first. Second, I am courteous and respectful to guests of all ages. Third, I go above and beyond to exceed guest expectations. Now, I want to back up because there are um, specifics to each of those three behaviors. So let's start with the first one. I project a positive Im image and energy. The first word that comes after that is smile. This is the beginning. Show a smile. And smile uh, is it's a little bit like, uh, and I have this in the book, I have an entire, I have an entire chapter, chapter dedicated to smiling in my uh, wonderful world of, of customer service at Disney. Uh, it's called Smile, Darn Ya Smile. Remember the song, Smile, Darn Ya Smile, from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It, it, it's hard to always keep a smile on your face, but boy, a smile is what they've said, uh, Van France called, and I think, I think actually it may have been Dick Nunes who came up with this on day one, but a smile is a magic mirror back to your guests. It demonstrates, in fact, by the way, you'd be surprised, but one of the things that uh, was done for many years, I don't know if they still do it, but um, when you called in to the Disney reservation hotline, one of the things that was done for many years was to have a mirror in place so that the cast member could see themselves smiling in the mirror while they talked to the individual on the phone. It, you, can, you can hear somebody smile when you are talking to somebody or listening to them. It becomes, it becomes clear that they're smiling. So, and even though you can't see them. So that smile, it just does, it fixes so many problems. So always remember that smiling is so, is so important. With it comes the second point, bullet point. Be approachable and make eye contact. 
with people. Boy, I think this is a skill set that's really, I don't want to blame millennials on all things, but boy, we could just all, all be a lot better, no matter what our age is, no matter what our background is and experience, we need to be approachable. That means being available to talk to people and making sure that uh, I, so many times I'll see a situation where they don't even register that you're there until after they've um, focused on something else. And so you always want to look like you, you are aware of the guests around you. You want to make eye contact with them. That's just critical to projecting a positive energy and an image with your, with your guests. The second major behavior is I am courteous and respectful to guests of all ages. So how does that break down? There are a couple of bullet points to that. The first is to greet, welcome, and thank all guests. So there needs to be a, be a definite beginning. Hi, how can I help you? And there needs to be an ending. Hey, thanks so much for reaching out to us. There, we need to greet them. We need to thank them at the end. Um, secondly, we need to engage in guest interactions. Now, I've talked about this before, but let me share it with you. In a given day, um, a guest staying on Disney property has approximately... Um, what was the number? It was like 84, 85 different moments, um, events with a cast member. Most of those are transactional. There are events like um, uh, watch your step. How many in your party? Uh, that'll be 586. Um, do you want your receipt? Those are all transactions. And most of those are transactions of the 85. However, the thing that stands out is the guest interaction. The guest interaction is so um, that moment where you ask them about the guests, you ask them about their experience, where are you from? Um, you talk to them about their stay. You listen to their frustration or their complaint and you demonstrate um, that you are listening both verbally and non-verbally. Those are interactions. And those are the things that the guests remember. Out of all the experiences during the day, that's what they most remember. So remember, it's not about the transaction, it's about the interaction. And in fact, one of the things that Disney looks for, and I think this is smart, and I'm not sure that they even know that they need to look for this, but where technology comes in is you wanna use technology to carry out more of the transactions so that you focus your personnel, you focus your real people on the interaction. That's where it's best played out. And so you want to make sure that you, that you really look for those interactions. The next bullet point, keep conversations positive and appropriate. You kind of lose the guess when they can be within earshot of your conversation about what's not going on right with your boss they shouldn't be listening to those conversations. They should only be listening, or about the previous guest who was a pain to deal with. They need, you, they need to hear conversations that are appropriate, and they need to be kept in a positive way. Um, then the final bullet point under this behavior is treat each guest as an individual. We call this 
And we have a chapter dedicated to it. And maybe we'll do a podcast on this one of these times. Treat a guest as a VIP. Now, when you think of the word VIP, you're probably thinking of very important person. But at Disney, we like to refer to these individuals as very individual people. And that's, an, that's a great way to think about providing VIP service, is treating them as individuals and, and providing, yes, you have standard policies and procedures, but the reason we have you as an employee or as a cast member is to provide that distinct individualized service that a guest may need. And that's when, again, the magic happens when you provide that individual VIP uh, service. Now, the third bullet point was I go above and beyond to exceed guest expectations. The first bullet point here is we create surprises and magical moments. Magical moments are those defining opportunities where we actually treat you individually. Um, magical moments are often seen as experiences and they could be as varied as um, the family of the day that's chosen for the parade or the, um, uh, the, uh, that guy that you see in Monster's Laugh Floor. Um, there are lots of different ways we create magical moments. Some are orchestrated, some are in the moment. They just happen. But uh, what we want to do is create more of them because those are the things that are remembered and those are the things that create great guest experiences. The next is to anticipate needs and offer assistance. Boy, I cannot talk enough about this. Anticipatory service. Let me just sum it up this way. Um, reactive service is that when you ask your server at the table to refill your glass of water. Proactive service is when the server comes by and automatically refills your water. Anticipatory service is when your server recognizes you haven't been drinking water and offers a variety of other beverages or options for you. You need more anticipatory service. We need to be on the lookout for where guests are, what the, where they're at, what, what their needs are, and be able to offer assistance. Then the final bullet point, and boy, my book covers this in huge detail, is providing immediate service recovery. The hope is, is that every guest experience is a great one, but the fact of the matter is, is stuff happens, and guests fall through the cracks, and when that occurs, we need to be prepared to offer um, immediate service recovery. Not something that comes back to you a week or two later, not something that's approved by the attorneys um, after we go through them, or even by your manager, but is given by the front line um, where they become the service hero. And that's a fantastic opportunity. We should talk about that another day. Um, what does it mean to be a service hero? That means when the service not only goes bad, but it's not your fault as a company that it went bad. A simple example of this is a child's ice cream is dropped. Um, is it a bad thing to the child and the child's eyes it is? 
um, to, uh, is it the company's fault uh, that um, it was, the child dropped their ice cream? No, not really. But you know what? It happens. So let's go get the child another ice cream and, uh, and offer a complimentary ice cream. That's service recovery. In fact, um, uh, you want to make sure that your employees are trained to provide the best service recovery possible. So these are Disney's service behaviors. Projecting a positive image and energy, being courteous and respectful to guests of all ages, and going above and beyond to exceed guests' expectations. Now, admittedly, that courtesy has evolved over time. What looks to be courteous, uh, back in the 1950s when Disneyland first opened, isn't quite the same. Although some things still remain, you know, uh, a smile means friendship to everyone, as, as the words to It's a Small World happen. So you, you, you never go wrong with offering a smile, with offering a, a, a kindly word, and, and, and providing that one-on-one attention. One-on-one interaction guests have with cast members is just important. It's foundational, it's critical, um, and it honestly can make up for so much that might go wrong. However, perhaps the real Disney difference is that they think not just about how courtesy extends to their place process to extend through their people, but through their place, process, and products. Let me just offer a few examples of this. Building a canopy over the queue at the Haunted Mansion in Magic Kingdom in the often event of those flash pours of rain that come during the summertime. In fact, I have an image of both the teacups at Disneyland, the teacups at Walt Disney World. What's the difference? The difference is, is that there's a huge canopy over the teacups. Now, mind you, it's also an efficient thing, and uh, and it's done with good show, and I guess you can also make an issue around safety here, but as a courtesy to the guests to not get wet while they're on that attraction be able to enjoy the attraction throughout the day, Walt Disney World put up a major canopy over the teacups at Walt Disney World, a need that isn't that that big at Disneyland, but it is really big at Walt Disney World. Now, they didn't open that way. If you look at photos of the Mad Tea Party on opening day or in the opening months, you'll see that there was no canopy over it, but they learned very quickly they needed it. It was just a courtesy that needed to be extended. Asking a guest who just purchased, say, um, um, a plush Donald Duck, Asking them if they want their plush in a bag or if they want to carry it with them. To some people, especially small children, that plush is a real thing. And so stuffing them in a bag is is almost disconcerting to a guest. So being courteous to ask, hey, would you like to carry it or would you like it safely put in a bag? That's a little thing, but it's a courtesy. Um, on a bigger level, uh, hurricanes come. And when a hurricane comes through Walt Disney World, uh, you have to close down the parks. And yet you still have all these guests staying in hotels. And what do you do with them? You just say, hey, stay locked in your hotel, don't come come out. That's not a, I mean, that's the safe thing to do. 
But what is the courteous thing to do? Well, the courteous thing to do is make sure that you provide box lunches and, and food and, and provisions for them. Um, while they're having to wait out after the storm for the parks to reopen, bringing the Disney characters over to the hotels to do meet and greets and to entertain the guests and do a little dance party there. Those things are a courtesy to the guests to keep them entertained while they're waiting out a hurricane. A guest assistance pass to those with special needs. Uh, let me tell you, as a, a father of an autistic, severely autistic child, this is a huge thing. It's not, it's not a people thing as much as it's a process thing. Having that pass in place to be able to, to provide that option of not having to wait the full length of an attraction to get on um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Ride or Splash Mountain. That's a huge thing. And having that provision, that process in place, another is parent switch. Um, so being able to switch out one child and, um, and then allowing um, the other parent to go on without having to wait through the long line again. Those little things make a difference and they extend a courtesy. Um, I mentioned the ice cream earlier, but comping a pop guest popcorn when one accidentally falls to the ground. Um, it was interesting, and this, this demonstrates the challenge uh, that occurs. My daughter has fallen in love with the blue cheese popcorn at Epcot. It's found across uh, from Imagination. And uh, she had this cute little popcorn bucket, uh, an alien um, with uh, kind of an, in uh, a plaid red Christmas garb and a little Santa hat. And she had bought this earlier and she came and, um, and brought the, the little guy and uh, there's a shoulder strap around the popcorn bucket. She got a refill on the blue cheese popcorn then, um, or it's not blue cheese popcorn, it's um, uh, uh, buffalo uh, style popcorn. Anyway, um, she headed down the path and when she got to World Showcase, the strap on the bucket uh, came apart. The popcorn bucket fell to the ground. It broke the bucket and um, and uh, created a situation where the, um, and the popcorn spills all over the ground. It was, it was all a mess. I said, let's, we were headed toward the, the Skyliner to then go on toward Disney's Hollywood Studios. So I said, let's stop at Canada and see if they can help us. They sell a maple popcorn. And it was disappointing because the cast member, who was a courteous cast member, um, didn't know really what to do. Well, we don't have that popcorn bucket and so you may want to go elsewhere is kind of or no she said you might want to check with guest relations and see what they can do for you but you see how the service recovery is just not working right she could have easily said uh, we don't have that popcorn bucket but you spilled your popcorn would you like some maple popcorn while you try to figure out you know and and give her a bag of maple popcorn to make up for the fact that she had lost the spilled popcorn that would have been a much better service recovery. As it stood, we went out towards Skyliner. There's a brand new guest relations area there, beautifully done room. 
I thought, okay, well, she said check guest relations. I knew in my back of my mind this was not going to happen. It's just not going to work. And she said, well, I don't know what to do for you. You're just going to have to check with probably the player you got the popcorn bucket to begin with. So she offered really no solution and really, really wasn't the person to present that solution, to be honest. We got home to Disney's Hollywood Studios where they had a sign showing that same popcorn bucket. But it was after the holidays, about four or five days after Christmas, and they had ran out of the buckets. But, uh, and, and the cast members said, well, we, pro we don't have that bucket, but, um, but let me check with my manager. The manager fortunately happened to come in just about that same time, so it didn't take long to deal with the manager. The manager confirmed, yeah, if he had been here a couple of days ago, uh, actually, I think he said like four hours ago, we would have had that bucket. We've completely ran out of that bucket. Um, but if you would like a different bucket, we're happy to swap it out. So we got the Christmas tree bucket and the individual offered some complimentary popcorn. The manager did the perfect thing. The problem was none of the front line were empowered to do that courteous, simple surface recovery. And so again, these are the things you want to make sure that not that your cast is not only trained, but you have the processes in place for the cast members to handle it. So you're not waiting on management to take care of it. Yes, is it possible that the cast member could tell all their friends, hey, you know, just come up to me, I'll get you free popcorn because you said you spilled it over. Yeah, that's a possibility that they might trick the system, but honestly, I don't think that's the nature of most cast members and most cast members are surrounded by other cast members. A simple, a simple notation could be made at the same time. There are things, processes to work it through so people don't cheat the system, but at the same time, just make it easier for the guests to do business with you. If that's a courtesy, that's a courtesy. Just make it easier for guests to do business with you. Anyway, some of these things also provide for safety, show, and efficiency, but, but so many of them touch on, on uh, courtesy as well. Now, let me also say that if you really want courtesy to really be entrenched in your organization, if you want your guests, your customers, to receive a courtesy, courteous experience consistently, then you have to demonstrate it as a manager, as a leader. You have to have the same thing happen backstage as it happens on stage. Back in 1979, this is back in the 70s, there was a booklet printed for cast members. It was called Disney, Four Keys to Great Happiness. Now here is just one section from the pages, and there were several pages devoted to courtesy. I want to read what they wrote because it's so applicable. Courtesy, our way of work life. Without question, courtesy is as contagious as the common cold. We can't expect hosts and hostesses who greet our guests to be courteous on stage if there is not a climate of courtesy throughout our entire operation. Courtesy must be involved in all of our relationships. It is in the pleasant sound of our voice on the phone or in a friendly good morning to a newly arrived cast member. Courtesy is a friendly greeting from a security host, two-way understanding at wardrobe, a friendly greeting at our work location, giving the right-of-way in the parking lot. 
I could not agree more. If you want to sustainably deliver a courteous, courteous experience to your customers, you will have to deliver a courteous experience back of house among your employees. It matters. It's two sides of the same coin. What you provide externally needs to be offered internally um, to your internal customers, which are your employees. It's so critical. I, I put the photo of Roz on the on the website because I you know if you remember Roz from she's the antithesis of of what courtesy is not yeah I, she just but so often we laugh at Roz because we've seen that behavior we know someone at work someone we've had to deal with in our occupation that that acts like Roz we can't be Roz we can't provide that kind of experience now. I just cannot emphasize how important this courtesy is. And, and today, I must say, it still continues. I do wonder if it couldn't continue more consistently or more frequently. But it does happen, and it happens in wonderful little ways. I, I need to share this little story that was actually listed in Eyes and Ears um, about a cast member. Here's the, uh, here's the story that was shared. Quote, Waking up before sunrise, Finn's mom was determined to capture a perfect photo of her son holding his Make-A-Wish sign in front of Cinderella Castle. She and her husband had traveled all the way from Virginia to make their son's dream of visiting Walt Disney World Resort come true, and this photo was deeply important to her. When she approached PhotoPass photographer Linda Siafoni with her story, Linda knew just what to do. Linda got on an eye level with Finn and said, quote, I want to tell you something. Today is not about what you have been through in the past, and it's not about what you may go through in the future. Today is only about today, Finn. She asked Finn to hold out his hand. His eyes lit up like he knew exactly what to do. Here's some pixie dust, Finn. It's magic just for you. Today is going to be full of magic for you, said Linda. Finn's smile spread from ear to ear. Finn's mom knew without a doubt. He believed in the magic of Disney. In fairy tales, in the unexplainable joy that comes from creating memories with family. Finn's parents began to cry and realized that behind them, it become very quiet. People in line were smiling and wiping away tears. No one seemed bothered by how much time the family had taken. In fact, they were clapping and cheering, encouraging Finn and his family to say geez for the camera. Finn's mom posted the story on social media and sent a glowing letter about her experience at Walt Disney World Resort. I, uh... And by the way, in recognition of the magical moment, Linda was paid a special visit by Chairman of Parks Experiences and Consumer Products, Bob Chapek. Bob recognized Linda for her persistent effort in bringing Walt's dream to life to create magical memories that last a lifetime for each and every guest. I love that story. I love it when I see it happen. And I have been blessed with wonderful cast members out there who provide that magic. Thank you, you people at the horse stables.
who have been so good to my autistic child with the horses. And it happens in so many other places. Courtesy is so contagious. Courtesy makes the magic come alive. As a souvenir to your organization, we ask the questions. If it comes to showing courtesy or a similar attribute that's important to your organization, ask the following. How does our organization define being courteous? How can we better instill courtesy by modeling courtesy? How do we project a positive image and energy? Are we seeking greater guest interactions? How do we individualize guest service? How do you create more magical moments? Do you have systems in place to provide service recovery? Beyond people, how can we extend courtesy in the place, the process, and the product? Does courtesy begin backstage? How can we make courtesy a way of work life? And is the courtesy you share part of the magic of your organization? You may not have courtesy as one of your standards. It might be individualized to your organization. You may say caring or respectful or whatever, but regardless of those standards, you need to, you need to bring that friendliness into your workplace and to your guests, to your customers that you serve. Doing so creates magic, pure Disney magic. Well, thank you for joining us for this Disney at Work podcast. If you're listening, you undoubtedly have a love of all things Disney. Don't you just wish you could bring the magic back to your own place of employment? Well, that's what we do at Disney at Work bring you best in business ideas from the happiest place on earth to you and your workplace. We bring those concepts to you via our posts, podcasts, videos, books, programs, and consulting. We've spoken today about creating great guest experiences. Be sure to check out uh, on Amazon my book, The Wonderful World of Customer Service at Disney. It's a celebration of great Disney practices that can be applied to any service organization. It's loaded with practical ideas can be integrated into any guest experience. Be sure to uh, also know that I am thrilled to share with everyone the news of our upcoming Disney Best Practices Global Tour. We're going to visit Disney theme parks across the world, sharing best practices in customer service, employee engagement, and leadership. To learn more and sign up for any of these programs, visit our site at disneyatwork.com. Don't miss this. This is a fun experience. And guess what? You can get your company to pay for it. That's the cool thing is you don't have to put out an expense. You can come to Disney and say, this is all for work. And it is because I will tell you, I will keep you intensely involved in the conversation about how to apply these ideas of looking at these concepts and, and bringing them back to your own business. You will walk back with clear, strategic and tactical ideas for making uh, your experience work back home. So definitely sign up for our uh, Disney Best Practices Global Tour. Hey, stay tuned as we have new events, books, and programming available to you. If you want to know more about Disney at Work offerings, please subscribe by signing up to receive uh, one of our fr uh, uh, free guides, such as the Complete Guide to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That is offering literally hundreds of unique photos, videos, interactive maps. If you want to know what's going on at Galaxy's Edge, sign up 
uh, for our newsletter at Disney at Work. And we don't bother you with a gazillion newsletters, but we do bring great value in every newsletter we send to you. So sign up for that and get the free guide to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It's, it's big. Um, Disney at Work is part of Performance Journeys, which is committed to helping you improve your organization. If you'd like a keynote speaker or a seminar for your business, conference, or higher ed group, we offer a variety of topics to include leadership, employee engagement, teamwork, customer service. We can do a program solely based on stories and ideas from Disney, or we can offer an assortment of great concepts and ideas from other world-class organizations in the public and private sector. Know that when you do so, you are working with someone who has successfully applied these ideas in the trench for scores of organizations for over 25 years. That's what I do for a living. It isn't just simply offering a podcast or a website. I go out and I get in the trench and help these organizations change and I can bring these ideas back to you. So for more information, visit DisneyPerformanceJourneys.com. Better yet, reach out to me by email or phone. Talk to me about what's happening at your workplace and how I can help your organization to the next level. Somebody wrote with me, wrote to me just uh, a few weeks ago. They have an organization that wants to improve their employee orientation. Happy to do that. Been doing that for many years with different organizations. Listening is the best gift I can give you. So just feel free to reach out. Talk to me about what your challenges are, what your needs are, and I'll, I'll tell you how we can help. Well, thank you for this week's show. We appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we really appreciate those who take the time to share this podcast and others like it with friends and colleagues. In the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage at Tokyo Disney Sea, be sure to follow the compass of your heart. Hey, have a great day. <laughs>